Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. All right, welcome everyone. I hope that this recording <laughs> ends up um, going smoothly because it's my second time. Technically, actually my third time because as soon as I started, my, my son walked in on me recording and I stopped and then I started recording again and right in the middle of it, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes in, my computer died. <laughs> I should have had it plugged in, my bad. So I guess the third time is the charm. And um, today I'm going to be talking to you about dissertation delays, 10 reasons your PhD may take longer than expected. I know that last week I was a little bit out of it because I, I think the nerves were getting to me with applying for a visa to hopefully get my family abroad. And it was a combination of... Um, it being a difficult week and circumstances making it so that I wasn't able to have a guest speaker. And anyway, I, I got stuck and I decided to talk about that. This week, I'm not stuck. This week, I was thinking about how there are so many reasons someone might have a delay in uh, completing their PhD. So, and, and these delays sometimes actually push people out, sometimes make it so that people don't finish their programs. And I think it's really important, especially because a lot of y'all that listen to me, thankfully have been able to like successfully get into graduate school and you're just starting grad school right now. And, and I think it's important to know kind of what are some of the things that might come up for you in your journey that could cause a delay. And to also remind you that a delay is okay. In fact, that was something I was thinking about <laughs> titling this episode is a delay is okay 10 reasons your PhD may take longer than expected I'm not sure if I'm going to name it that or just dissertation delays but long story short um, your program might be um, publicized as being a five six seven year program but in actuality you may be finding that some folks take longer than that and you know, it's also useful to know, you know, what is the maximum amount of time that you could potentially stay in your program without jeopardizing um, your um, time there and without making it so that you could potentially be asked to leave because you take too long. So anyway, long story short, I want you to have an idea of some potential things that could come up for you. And then I also want to, after going through the 10 things, share a couple of insights into things that you could do to be proactive about it and to potentially minimize delays for you in your timeline in the future. So reason number one, and this mostly applies to PhD programs, although for some of you in master's programs, it could affect you too, is lack of funding, lack of fellowship years, 
which means you're having to pick up extra jobs. You're having to pick up extra TA ships, extra RA ships, um, part-time jobs to make ends meet. And you cannot dedicate your time solely to completing your research. That's a really, really common thing, especially I, I know of some folks who will get a full funding package for a PhD program, but the majority of their package includes TA ships. And one thing you may not realize if you haven't been a TA before is that when you're a TA, you may get a 25% time, 10 hours a week, 50% time, 20 hours a week TA ship. But even though they're paying you for that amount of time, it's really easy for you to take a lot longer than that. You could potentially make your TA ship a full-time job, especially if it's your first time TAing, your first time um, doing the curriculum development, your first time lesson planning, your first time holding office hours, your first time grading and giving feedback. Um, it's, it's, can be very time consuming. And especially for those of us that care a lot about the content that we're teaching, the students that we're teaching about to, to go out of your way and take extra time every week to, to serve the students that you're teaching. So lack of funding, lack of fellowship years, extra TA ships or extra part-time jobs of any kind, that takes away time from your research, which then could potentially um, lengthen the amount of time it takes you to finish your PhD. All right, reason number two has to do, and there are a couple of reasons I'm gonna mention that have to do with your research, especially things that happen outside of your control when it comes to your research. So the first one is if you're doing STEM-based, lab-based, experimental type of research, experiments fail. What happens if your experiment fails? You gotta start all over and it fails again. You gotta start all over. And then you see how like every time you're setting up the experiments, setting up the procedures, getting all the materials you need, the supplies, the instruments, the machinery, et cetera, all of that takes time. You could run into delays in your experiment, delays in getting access to instruments, supplies, et cetera, getting the funding to be able to gather all of the materials too. And then also with COVID, there were delays in even getting access to labs. So if you don't have access to the lab, you can't do the research, which means you can't analyze the data. You can't gather the data to then analyze it to then write the dissertation. So you see what I mean? These are all things outside of your control related to just an inability to get the research done the way that you imagined it would get done. Reason number three. So a couple of um, the reasons I'm going to mention have to do with um, your research and things outside of your control. Other reasons I'm gonna mention have to do with your advisor and the support that you get from them. So this one, reason number three is lack of supervision and hands-on support from your advisor. This unfortunately is really common. Um, and then kind of hand in hand with that is lack of clear communication with your advisor. And um, I can imagine that this happens easily because Professors are really busy. They've got their own lives. They've got their own um, requirements that they need to meet, whether they're trying to get tenure, they're trying to um, 
go up another step. They're trying to get promoted from associate professor to pro full professor and so on. They've got other grants. They've got, they might be a director of a center. They might be the chair of a department. <laughs> they, they have a lot going on. And so if they are the advisor on multiple different uh, dissertations, it's, it's easy for, for them to kind of not always be hands-on, not always um, be there to check up on you regularly, to communicate with you regularly. So it's really up to you to ensure that that's happening. Um, so if you don't have clear communication with your advisor, then that means that you're going to have lack of clarity, lack of clarity with your milestones, with deadlines, with your timeline. You could be feeling more isolated. So that the relationship that you have with your advisor is very important. And, you know, a, a lack of kind of hands on support from them could cause delays for you. Again, going back to the supervisors, sometimes supervisors take a while to give you feedback. So if you get delays in receiving feedback from your advisor, delays in getting chapters greenlighted from your advisor, that is going to affect your timeline. Let me give you an example. Let's say you are in the quarter system in a PhD program and you have this idea in your head that when you advance to candidacy and you're a PhD candidate, you finish your exams, all you have to do is write the dissertation. Pretty straightforward, right? And you're, you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to write one chapter per quarter and I'm going to have my dissertation done in, I don't know, two years because, you know, it's a chapter per quarter. So you're going to write four or five chapters and then you're done, right? Well, what if your advisor takes a whole extra quarter to give you feedback. Maybe you send them the um, chapter draft at the end of the quarter, and then they don't get it to you until midterms the next quarter. And then by the time you work on your revisions and get it green lighted by them, it's the end of the next quarter. So all of a sudden it's taking you two and a half quarters to finish one chapter. And then a year is three quarters, fall, winter, spring. All of a sudden you go from, oh, I'll be done in like two years to I'll be done in three, four or five years. You see what I mean? Like your timeline can get delayed so easily if you don't get quick feedback and if you're not quick to make the revisions that your advisor gives you. And sometimes you're having to get feedback from your committee members too. Some committee members are really active and want to help and support you and give you feedback and care about what you write and what you say and how it will reflect on them because they're signing off on your dissertation. So keep that in mind is, is if you receive delays and feedback that could affect your timeline and some of that is out of your hands. So focus on what is in your control, which is how quickly you can get revisions back to your advisor. Okay, reason number five uh, is very near and dear to me. It's having dependence, whether it's having a baby, babies, having elders, parents, other individuals that you have to care for, that could affect your timeline. It could affect your timeline if, you know, let's say we're just going through the pandemic and a bunch of us had zero childcare. I still have zero childcare right now. And it's so hard to get work done with no childcare. It's so hard to get work done. I was recently taking care of my mom who um, just went through back surgery. It's a lot of work to take care of others. So um, 
just keep that in mind that if you have a dependent or multiple dependents, it may affect your timeline. All right, reason number six is undergoing health issues, whether it's mental, physical health, any other kind of health issues, they they might require you taking time, um, whether it's a little bit of time off or taking an entire quarter, semester, year, leave of absence. Life happens in grad school. I can't stress that enough. Life happens in grad school because you're going to be in your PhD program for five, six, seven plus years. And you're going to be a completely different person from the moment you start your program to the moment you end. So don't be surprised if things come up. Um, reason number seven is related to this. It's you might have a major life event happen while in grad school. And there's all kinds of major life events, whether it's the whole dependent thing, you have a baby like I did, or maybe you're experiencing the death of a loved one, or maybe you are experiencing a sudden loss of income or a separation with a romantic partner or climate related disaster, or who knows what else could potentially happen. Hopefully these things don't happen to you, but again, Life happens in grad school. You never know what you might face. And um, that could cause a delay and understandably so. All right. Reason number eight, going back to your research is if you your work involves field work, field work could cause delays in your timeline because what happens if you can't travel? What happens if there's delays in your travel? What happens if you have to completely switch your topic because you were relying on field work that you can no longer do what if you go through delays in getting your human subjects approval delays in getting your irb approval um, all of these things can delay your timeline reason number nine we're getting close to the last one reason number nine is a little bit on you and a little bit on your advisor and a little bit on your program but it's unclear planning and no time management. So sometimes it's on you and you know, you're struggling with your own time management, struggling with meeting deadlines and milestones. Sometimes it's not on you. Sometimes things come up for you in your program that you had no idea nobody warned you about. Uh, you had no idea that something was going to take as long as it did. Um, you had no idea about the writing process and you didn't realize how long it would take to write a dissertation. You didn't plan for the revisions or you didn't plan for the edits. You didn't plan for the delays in getting feedback. See what I mean? But it's the planning and the time management that is getting in the way. All right, reason number 10 is not, okay, this one's really common and I don't think it's spoken about enough. It's not getting an academic job and needing to stay another year as a graduate student so that you can maintain your income as a student, whether it's as an RA, as a TA, so that you can maintain your health insurance for another year. And a big one, a big reason why people stay in the grad programs an extra year when they don't get an academic job is that they want to remain competitive because there is this hidden, I guess, what is it like expectation or realization that the 
longer it takes between the moment that you get your PhD and the moment that you get a tenure track job, the longer it takes, the, the less competitive you are. So, so if you're more far removed from having gotten your PhD to then getting a, a tenure track job, then your chances of getting it decrease. So a lot of times individuals say or will encourage you to stay ABD, to stay as a doctor candidate, to stay as a student so that you can seem more competitive because you're still fresh. Uh, you're, you're still like, you know, going to be like recently out of grad school with new ideas, et cetera. And that is deemed more competitive. So a lot of folks stay as a student because they want to have an extra year to then reapply for the academic job market and hopefully get that coveted postdoc tenure track job a year later. Or some folks, they don't land a full-time job and they want the safety net, even though you don't make a lot of money as a grad student, just the safety net of keeping up with your health and having the access to health insurance and having access to some income through, like I said, TA ships or RA ships. That happens a lot, comes up time and time again. I don't think it's spoken about enough, um, especially if you're early on in your grad program, you may not realize that this is happening. And this is why some folks haven't graduated yet in your program. All right, now I'm going to talk about a couple of things that you could potentially do to help minimize delays. Again, if you take longer, there's no shame in that. I know I took longer to graduate in my program among my cohort. Um, but, you know, if there are things you can do, why not, right? Uh, to try to get done and finish quicker and move on to the next thing in your life. All right. The first thing is establishing good communication with your advisor right away. Um, why do I say this? Because the earlier you do this, uh, the better off you'll be. Your relationship with your advisor can make or break your experience in grad school. So make sure they establish clear lines of communication and expectations about how you're going to work together. Another um, thing you can do is if you are realizing that this is not a good fit between you and your advisor, is to consider switching advisors early on. This will help avoid a lot of headaches in the future if you already have an idea that it's not gonna work out and you are struggling and again, no clear communication. You might be better off switching advisors. Um, the longer you wait to switch advisors, the more complicated it can be, especially as you're navigating exams and other milestones. So consider switching your advisors early on if you think that it will benefit you and that there might be a person who is better for you and, and in the way that you want to be supported in grad school. Another thing you can do is to try to create a realistic timeline. Sometimes the timelines that your grad program provide for you are a bit accelerated and not realistic for you. So if you can create a more realistic timeline, even if it means that you already know early on you're going to take an extra year or two than other people you know so long as you can justify it have clear lines of communication with your advisor have a very clear idea how long it's going to take you to complete your courses your exams gather your data work on your dissertation um, you should be able to get support on that and it'll make you feel a lot better to know that you're what your own timeline is instead of feeling like you're always behind you you're right on track according to your timeline. Next thing you can do is keep applying for fellowships. 
why um, some folks, maybe they have full funding and they don't think they need to apply for fellowships, but the more funding that you can get, the more options to have a fellowship year and to not have to be working so much so that you have more time to dedicate to your research. So don't forget to just keep applying for fellowships um, throughout your graduate program. Another thing you can do, we've got a couple more things. I'm gonna say three more. So the next thing you can do is make sure you identify resources and forms of structural support within your institution. What do I mean by that? I mean, say you're a graduate student parent. Are there forms of childcare available? Is there a childcare stipend available or scholarship available at your institution? If so, take advantage of it. Take advantage of subsidized daycare, of a scholarship to help you pay for a babysitter or take advantage of access to mental health services, access to therapy, support groups. Maybe there's a writing center at your institution, working with a writing consultant for free, uh, taking advantage of writing workshops, basically figure out what is available to you as a student and take advantage of those resources to help you uh, manage grad school and your grad school um, expectations. All right, the second to last thing I'm going to say is this is important, actually, and it's important to find this out right away. You want to know what is the maximum amount of time allowed in your program. So at what point would your program ask you to leave because you've taken too long? Maybe it's at year eight or year nine or year 10. And then what are reasons that you can potentially petition to take extra time? So maybe it is eight, nine years, or maybe it's 10 years, but maybe they make exceptions because of COVID or because of having a baby or because of whatever life event happened and, and they have a petition for it. It's just good to know your options. It's good to have this information. Not necessarily, it doesn't mean that you might need it, but it's just always good to know. And then the last thing I want to remind you, if especially if you're a more advanced graduate student struggling with getting to the finish line, we, a lot of us have heard this, but again, I, I want to stress it is reminding yourself that a good dissertation is a done dissertation. Sometimes we get bogged down with writing and feeling like, oh, my writing is terrible. My research is terrible. I, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm ashamed of what I worked on. And I, I don't know how I'm going to get this to the stage where I can finish and file. But just remind yourself that so long, it, all it has to do is just be good enough. And if it's good enough for your advisor, for your committee members, even if there's a lot of issues, uh, but you can tackle them in whatever way is reasonable within your timeline. Again, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't even have to necessarily be publishable quite yet. You'll publish it later. If you want to become a professor, publish it as a book, you can worry about that later. But for now, figure out what is good enough to get you to finish and file. All right, y'all, that is everything I have to say about dissertation delays. It's important to know the things that could get in the way. And it's, it's important to normalize it because, you know, not everybody finishes, quote, quote, unquote, on time, according to what's expected. 
But if you determine what your time, what your own timeline is, make sure that it's within the parameters of what's allowed in your program and you access support and help, you'll get it done. All right. I'll talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time. <laughs>